you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I hope that you have uh, enjoyed and kept up with the first of the seven devotions. Uh, if you're already behind, I get it. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, that's okay. You can just pick up with today's devotion uh, if you, as you have opportunity. Uh, but uh, just a real quick recap. Uh, we are uh, in the middle of uh, 40 days of missional living. Uh, today is day seven, so our first uh, full week of devotions uh, concludes today. And uh, so we're going to, beginning tomorrow, we'll, we'll start with week two, but uh, today we'll, we'll, we'll kind of introduce that. But week one was all about the goal. When you read through the Great Commission as it's recorded in Matthew, um, Matthew's, go <laughs> Matthew's goal is the goal. That's what he's writing about. That's what he's talking about. If you, uh, on the, on the backdrop behind me, uh, you see the world map, and then you've got this kind of the goal, the method, the message, the authority, the strategy. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, each of them present the Great Commission with a specific purpose. Matthew's purpose is to explain the goal. What's the goal of the Great Commission? And as we saw last week, the goal of the Great Commission is to make disciples. You know, he says, go, and therefore, make disciples. And we, we unpack that, and this should be the backdrop, right? If that's the goal, that should be the backdrop of everything that we're doing over the next 40 days. That's why we have three props, if you will. Uh, we have the second mile. When Jesus explains, what does that look like for a disciple to go? What does it look like for a disciple who is, who is called to go? And when, when Matthew writes, go and make disciples, he's literally saying, as you go, as you go through life, as you're going from here to there, as you're going about your business, make disciples. Jesus, in, in Matthew chapter 5, he says it this way. He says, if someone compels you to go one mile, go with them two. And that's why we have this image behind me. That's why we have this prop, the second mile. What's he saying? Well, the, what's translated there is, is the Latin phrase, mile pasum. Mille pasum is the Latin phrase for like mille or millennium, meaning a thousand. And pasum is where we would say the word pace. So it's a thousand paces. That's how they measured a mile. And so Jesus is saying, if someone compels you to walk a thousand, go with them two thousand. Go with them, go, with, go that second mile. And that is the mark of a disciple. That's the beginnings of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. It is... It is going beyond. It is sacrificial in nature. And Jesus demonstrated that. Boy, didn't he? Jesus over and over demonstrates uh, going beyond. Jesus demonstrates what it, what it means to live a sacrificial life. But not only do we go, we grow. And you can see the, the lamppost on this side. The lamppost is that image of uh, we, as we go and as we make disciples, we're to teach them to obey. Well, what do we teach them? We teach them the things that are in the very Word of God. We teach them the truths of God's Word. We're going to unpack that. We'll look at that in just a moment. And then, more than that, not only do we go, not only do we grow, we are to gather. We are to, to, to be on mission and, and gather. And you see the bicycle, the tandem bicycle on this side. We are to go in community with with the Lord, he is with us always, 
and with one another. So as a church, we're, we're in this together. We're not, we're not riding a bike alone. Uh, we have someone with us. We have each other uh, that, are, that we're, we're riding with. We have the Lord himself who said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we have this, this imagery behind us. We have this backdrop, if you will, of these three images who are uh, pi- uh, great pictures for us of what it means to be a disciple. So let me ask you this question. Have you said or have you thought these words recently? Have you, have you had these thoughts? The world has gone mad. Have you had that thought? <laughs> have you said that recently? How about this one? You know, the world has just turned upside down. Have you even had a little bit of that thought lately? Maybe not just that thought, but have you just said it to someone? Said, the world is just, it's crazy. It's upside down. Maybe you've had some type of variation of those thoughts. Maybe you've said it out loud. Maybe you've said it to, to family members. Well, did anyone recognize the song that was playing during the bumper video? Just out of curiosity. Uh, that one was not quite as popular maybe as last week's Toto Africa. Uh, but this week's is, uh, is a song called Ordinary World. It's by a band called Duran Duran. Not quite as uh, popular as their Hungry Like the Wolf song. Uh, but it has some interesting lyrics. I want you to hear what it says. What has happened to it all? Crazy, some would say. Where is the life that I recognize? Gone away. And then the chorus continues. It says, but I won't cry for yesterday. There's an ordinary world somehow I have to find. And as I try to make my way to the ordinary world... I will learn to survive. As I began to think about the lyrics of that Duran Duran song, I began to think how appropriate that is in our world today. The song is obviously about loss. He's experienced some loss in his life, and he can't look back, and he has to move on. And what he is in pursuit of is an ordinary world where things look familiar. And I, and I thought, isn't that a message for Christians that we have to recognize that we look around and we go, the world is mad. The world has gone crazy. The world is upside down. Uh, Things have, have shifted as a culture. But as Christians, our hope is not in, we've got to get back to that. Rather, and I like what he says here, I won't cry for yesterday there is an ordinary world that somehow I have to find. I never thought of heaven as ordinary until this week. When I thought about heaven, I thought, you know, we always think about heaven as being, you know, blissful and joyful in this utopia, and, and it certainly is. But why is it those things? It's those things because it's void of corruption. It's void of sin. It's ordinary. It is good. It's what God had created and intended, and that's what we aspire to. The reason that we're frustrated is because this world is not ordinary. This world is broken. This world has, has become corrupted, and we long for the ordinary. We long for what makes sense. We long for normalcy. And as I began to think about that this week, and I started thinking about heaven, I thought, isn't that, isn't that what we're 
what we're desiring is just an ordinary world, a place where things are normal, things where things that, that are good and things as God intended them to be. Well, the song is certainly a song of hope. It's a song that's in the middle of the world collapsing, wanting a better, uh, better days ahead. But we are reminded that the world is broken. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. We have been commissioned by Jesus to speak the truth and help people find their way to the ordinary world. Right? Our goal is, is to make disciples, and in so doing, we want to speak truth. We want to speak truth into their life. The world doesn't recognize truth anymore. The world doesn't see truth. The world doesn't just automatically uh, believe that truth is truth. So what do we have to do? The method, for the, if the goal in Matthew is to make disciples, the method for doing that is revealed in Mark, and ultimately it is to speak the truth 